Hello everyone, I'm super excited to deliver this very first episode of my very old podcast and why I thought about this podcast is because uh, I always wonder and meet people and listen to their approaches, how they lead their life. So that definitely helps me exchanging the thoughts or exchanging the ways they carry their life to uh, build your career. So that is how I landed up having this idea and you know uh, helping out the people who get into similar kind of situations and struggling to build their career or lead their life. So I'm very thankful actually uh, whichever leader I reached out they just said yes to my podcast. So I'm super duper excited for my this series and now we know that our very first case doesn't need an introduction anymore because we already discussed lots of unique things about him. So just you know we will welcome him and then we'll start our podcast. Out of you know uh, many questions actually we shortlisted 23 to 25 questions and we are going to cover those up. So let's get started and see how it goes. My name is Ben Taylor and I'm going to go through 23 questions as quickly as I can uh, covering AI, career, passion, um, so jumping right in. First one is what is artificial intelligence? So when I think of artificial intelligence, I think of intelligent machines. It's, it's at a really high level. I joke that even if I'm talking about machine learning or deep learning, if I'm talking to an executive, I'll just call everything artificial what is machine learning and how does it relate to AI? So machine learning is a subset within AI. I like to think of machine learning as a computer is trying to optimize around an accuracy or it's learning a very specific task. It's uh, machine learning can be very specific and it can be quite dumb with how it goes about doing it. What are neural networks within artificial intelligence? So neural networks are interesting especially deep learning because this was a big breakthrough where now you're turning over feature engineering to the computer where before you needed a human expert to dive into audio or linguistics and and use their expertise to assign feature creation so imagine in audio i'm a certain frequency is important for detecting human speech that inspiration would come from a human expert where now that is discovered through AI and it's able to take us much much further than the human experts before. I really like this next question so it is is AI a, a boon or a curse? Is, is it a blessing or a curse? And I feel like it's both. So AI will be our greatest blessing and potentially our scariest curse. Uh, I like to think of AI as an amplifier and so it can amplify the good and the bad. So on the good side it can amplify what we can do in medicine, safety, um, health. Uh, there's there's so much good that it can do. It can take some of these mundane repetitive jobs that should be automated and allow us to do more creative work. Um, it can also amplify the bad. So when it comes to the Chinese uh, surveillance system, we see examples of that. And when it comes to autonomous war, so killing, it, it can do it much, much better than we've ever been able to. So 
I, I tend to be a little bit more pessimistic. I really hope that we don't have a darker future, but I definitely see a reality where that plays out. And I also kind of fall into the Elon Musk camp where I feel like the likelihood of AI capable of human extinction potentially in my lifetime is no longer a zero probability. Um, but I hope for the best. Will AI be seen as an alien when it comes to the mass population? So th this is a really interesting question because if you knew that, that and I, I think Carol asked, he brought this up a couple of years ago when I was talking to him, he was saying that if you knew aliens were visiting in the next 40 to 50 years, what would you do to prepare for it? And so if we have the singularity or the super AI creation where it blurs the lines between a machine learning model that's quite basic and dumb to something that is maybe independent and evolving, um, what would we do to prepare for it? So yes, the first alien that we encounter could be one that we've okay. created. Will AI development be democratized? Like, um, will it be easy for lay people to use AI? Uh, yes, so that's already happening. So we have AutoML efforts where some of the sophisticated machine learning that happened before is becoming easier and easier. Um, I like to say that the principal consultant today will be the free intern five years from now. So I think we're already seeing that with it, where engineers are being productive in building models that would intimidate a lot of AI researchers or experts three to five years ago. Uh, and you're just, you're just going to see that become more and more common, kind of like the database initially. You had SQL databases, you needed database administrators, and now code does most of that for you. Impact will AI have with the social economic impact? Um, so AI will have a huge disruptive impact when it comes to economics and society where just like we have smartphones in our pockets today, we will not be able to imagine going through one's day without AI being heavily involved um, along every single step of the way. And it's going to have a major impact on the economy because a lot of jobs today will be automated and there are major concerns around what does that mean. Do we have to come up with universal income or something else to address this? Or some people that are optimistic think that new jobs will be created. And I'm, I'm of the camp that I don't think we're going to have enough new jobs created. So this will definitely be a, a big change from where we've come from. Um, which jobs will, will vanish from the market due to AI? So a lot of quality assurance jobs, anywhere where you have a human looking at audio or listening to audio, looking at image or video, um, that stuff will be automated, self-driving cars, professional truck drivers, um, a lot of applications in manufacturing where you have someone doing a quality check that will be automated away. We've been surprised with generative adversarial networks that could impact advertising. It could also impact uh, modeling. So human modeling jobs could go away. So in your opinion, how will AI impact application development? I feel like every application in the future will have AI just like most applications have. What is TensorFlow and how what is it used for? So I hate TensorFlow. I feel like I'm one of the more outspoken people against it. Uh, TensorFlow is a deep learning framework that's developed by Google. I feel like it is one of the least useful frameworks out there. Unfortunately, it's the most popular. The only reason it's as popular as it is is not because it's useful, it's because it's backed by Google and people think, they think that means something. 
when it comes to good open source libraries, I feel like it, it fails with so many things across the board, usability, software support, keeping up with um, good exception handling, keeping up with NVIDIA drivers. It really struggles with a lot of stuff. Hackability, can you really get under the hood and change stuff? I feel like it's a massive pile of technical debt and it's used to, to distract beginners and academic researchers from actually adopting something that would be more useful like PyTorch or MXNet or something like that. The second question is, do you have research experience with AI? I think yes. Uh, I actually have a decent amount. I haven't maybe written a white paper where I've attached my my name to an AI innovation or breakthrough, but I've definitely done a lot of work for industry. And that started with Intel Micron, working at a hedge fund, and also at HireVue. We did a lot of new artificial intelligence research. Um, and a lot of the stuff that we've done was kind of first of its kind. Um, and I feel like I'm constantly doing new research in AI. What's the latest AI-related research paper you've read? What were your conclusions? So usually I don't read papers in depth end-to-end. -end. It's rare that I would do that. I normally skim through them. Maybe the last one I've read in depth was um, Generative Adversarial Networks. So when those first came out, I thought they were really interesting. I still think there are lots of big applications for them in all through the deep learning use cases, not just for producing fake faces or some of that stuff. They, they can be used for privacy. They can be used for uh, storytelling. There's, there's a lot of really powerful applications where they can be used with most deep learning applications. What is your favorite use case? So I think my fav one of my favorite use cases was generative, generative adversarial, adversarial networks. So we did something last summer where we were using genetic algorithms to drive through the latent space to satisfy a basket of pre-trained models around gender, age, attractiveness, ethnicity, um, ancestry, etc. And, and, and I, I still think that stuff is really, really fun. Are there any exciting ideas you, cur you are currently working on? Um, with AI. So I, for me, I'm personally very excited about some of the deep fake detection and teaching AI to play the Xbox. Uh, I think that's a lot of fun. And then also AI on the edge. So finding AI applications in smart homes and on vehicles, stuff like that, I think is, is exciting. What are you focused on with AI? What, what drives you or what are you passionate about? with right now. So the the thing with AI is everything is new. You're a pioneer. You could do something next week that's never been done. And from my perspective, it's the wild, wild west. It's the new frontier in tech, and it's constantly evolving. So I can't think of any other technical career in STEM that you could have gone into that would be moving this quickly. So when I think of chemical engineering, what I originally studied, a lot of the curriculum was, you know, really essentially baked. Like it, it hadn't changed in decades. But when it comes to AI, everything is changing every six months, and so that makes it really, really fun. And I think that's why I'm drawn to it. It's also automation. So if if you can do something, imagine if you could have AI do it for you. What when is that? did you realize your passion? So I studied chemical engineering in, in college when I was an undergrad, but I really enjoyed programming. I 
I think I was drawn to the high-performance computing side. I really liked running programs that would take a long time to finish. And one of the natural things I was drawn to was computer vision. Computer vision's fun because you can actually show something off, whether it's to yourself or to others. You can say, look what I've done, look what it's doing, whether it's video or image. So I think that kind of drew me initially. And then I did start an e-commerce company while I was in college. And so that, that was an interesting way to kind of amplify your reach. What steps did I take towards my passion? So uh, like I mentioned, I started an e-commerce company. I also attached programming and machine learning to every single project I could work on. So if it was a school project or a work project, I'd also go looking for automation opportunities. Uh, so when I had my first job out of school, could I apply automation to something that was taking a lot of time for humans to do, whether it was um, excursion research or some type of process, can I automate that? Um, so that was a good way for me to kind of tool up on something that I, I had not gone, gone to school for. How did you choose your career path and would you what would you like to tell others how they can lead their individual lives? So I did a lot of wandering. If you look at my career path, it's all over, going from semiconductor, chemical engineering, semiconductor, to the financial sector, to HR. Um, so yeah, remember I studied chemical engineering. I would pursue something that's interesting and also leverage people that are in industry because sometimes in academia and in school, they're less connected and they, they can't give you the best advice. Uh, so definitely try to connect into the private sector as soon as What should engineers learn to prepare themselves? So engineers don't need to know the internal guts, just like a SQL database. They just need to know how to interface with it and how to apply it. Uh, they don't need to know what's happening in the background. And I feel like a lot of that is thanks to AutoML. What is your company name? Is it Zeph or Ziff? Um, what do you look for when you hire new talent? What skill sets must they have? So it was Ziff, and now it is Zeph. We had outside pressure to change the name. Um, I know it's caused a lot of confusion. Right now, we're a small enough company that we only hire principal-level talent. We don't have any resources to mentor. And so the skill set we look for is being expert in what you do, and a lot of the roles that we hire for are very specific. Um, when it comes to AI, uh, be an innovator, build a brand, do things that haven't been done, get things into production, that would definitely stand out for us. Um, feel free to connect with me online, Ben Taylor Data on LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, I'm most active on LinkedIn. If you send me a message on Twitter, I might respond in a month, but I could also miss it. Okay. I always talk about reckless commitment. What is it? So I like to think of reckless commitment as leveraging outside commitments to increase your accountability of failing. So if you want to study something or level up on a topic, um, what better way to do that than to commit yourself to presenting at a local meetup or on that topic? It, if you lose motivation or if you're worried that motivation will go away, it's a way for you to kind of raise outside accountability so that happens. I think that can be really... Tagline on LinkedIn says unre hashtag unrecruitable. That's very unique. How do you look at that? So LinkedIn, you can be spammed a lot by recruiters. Some of the recruiters that were reaching out were for really, really stupid positions. Do you want to be a Java developer or something like that? And this will uh, maybe rub people the wrong way. But from my perspective, it's like uh, I'd rather be hit by a bus than be a Java developer. 
sorry, everyone that works at IBM. Um, so I added that, and it seems to have helped, at least for people that look at my um, tagline or look at me on LinkedIn, they don't reach out for some of the stuff. I still get hit up for some recruiter spam. I also feel like I, I am, I've kind of matured to top of market where I'm not really chasing jobs for compensation. I'm picking jobs based on do they interest me? What am I working on? How does the job impact society? Um, I get bored easily. And then I also prefer to work for myself. Um, and that's what I've been doing the last three years with this company that I co-founded. How one needs to lead his or her, her, his or her own life. So how should you lead your life or run it? So um, life is really a blip. Uh, so pursue your passions. Uh, live life for you. Don't live life for society norms or for your parents. I think uh, for where I am in my career, a big part of that is due to taking risks and not listening to what my parents thought was best. Staying in one job, working there for a long time, doing the most conservative thing, um, and so I, I definitely encourage people to take risks. So thank you so much for watching. Hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any feedback, like, you know, how I can improvise this podcast, I'm definitely looking forward to it. So just do write the comments, whatever it is, whether it is positive, liked it, just hit like, subscribe, and, you know, share this video. If you have any uh, kind of a comment where you want to improvise this podcast or you're looking more, definitely that would be a valuable feedback for me as well. So I will just get it counted and please do write whatever, whether it is positive or negative, doesn't matter unless until like, you know, it is a valuable feedback. So both are welcome and hopefully uh, this episode helped you in a some way. I'm bringing many more such leaders on this podcast and we will learn many more such lessons through this series. So till that time, Happy leading and let's live together. Bye for now.